Si las mujeres son lindas y hermosas, aquí no hay fea para que vea. Hello and welcome to this episode. We're going to be looking at a Colombian attacking midfielder, a playmaker who's moved on to Mexico, someone who's been really hyped a lot at his time in Colombia and has maybe had a little bit of a difficult time initially with a few injuries, but a, a very talented player who a lot of Colombian fans are going to be watching closely, uh, the poet Nicolas Benedetti. And to discuss the poet, we have uh, John Arnold, who is an expert on CONCACAF football, is a great resource for information and provides a lot of really good content. Um, so, John, welcome. Yeah, I'll try and be as lyrical as, uh, as Benedetti, his predecessor, wrote and, and as this one plays. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, so Nicolas Benedetti, obviously a player, came through at Deportivo Cali, uh, a 22-year-old, a very stylish, kind of dynamic playmaker. Uh, who moved up to Club America, obviously a huge club on on the continent, on the region, um, and is now uh, you know starting to establish himself in the team. Uh, John, what are your first impressions of Benedetti uh, in his time in Mexico? He's been a fun player to watch. I think that you can see there's certainly something there, and I think that's one of the reasons why he's become a bit of a, not a fan favorite, but he's a player that the fans really want to see. And there's two sides to that coin, right? Because one side is that when he comes in, he's done well. He played in the first tournament in Mexico. He was mostly using the Copa Mekis. Jamaica made it all the way to the final. Um, and it was, you know, not only because of him, but he certainly had a significant contribution to that run. But at the same time, the cup in Mexico is used often for youth players, is used kind of as a, as a kind of a holding ground for players who can't break into the first team, right? So... Uh, I think fans want to see him because they've liked what they've seen in his appearances, but also he's suffered two injuries, really, uh, major injuries. I think in that final of the Copa Mekis against Juarez, I think he broke a toe or a foot, had a foot problem that kept him out for a little while. And then obviously this one that he's suffered now with the Olympic qualification team that's going to keep him out until, well, who knows when the ball's going to get rolling again, but it sounds like the earliest he'll be able to play top-tier football will be September, October. So... You know, he's a player who, like I said, I think he's shown flashes, he's shown nice bits, and he's become a player that the fans enjoy, but also want to see more of because he's had a little bit of trouble staying on the field. It's unfair to kind of toss that label on him now. It's only been a year, but that is the concern so far is that, uh, hey, you know, you're going to need to stay healthy if you're going to become a consistent contributor. So I think it's a player with a lot of promise for sure, and you can see that, but also needs to stay healthy, honestly. Yeah, obviously injuries as well were a factor. Uh, he didn't actually get his chance to be a, a big star for Columbia U20 because of injuries. Um, but obviously after that became a, a very key man in Deportivo Cali's side. Uh, what kind of system do America de Cali play and where does he usually find himself within that system? America de Mexico. Yeah, I'm sure it hasn't passed uh, you know, notice in, in Cali that, uh, that, that he's gone from... Uh, 
<laughs> from from Deportivo to a team called America. I'm sure there have been several jokes and everything. But uh, you, you see Herrera, Miguel Herrera, you know, he's a manager who I criticized quite a lot back in the day when he was coaching Mexico. I thought he was very tactically inflexible. Um, you know, he ran a 5-3-2. That, that was a system that he had played in. That was a system that a lot of his, manager, his uh, mentors, his managers had played. But he, he's he's proven me wrong in a couple of ways. I mean, I, I don't think I was wrong at the time, but I do think he's evolved as a manager. So with America, you see typically now, well, it really depends on the personnel. Um, you see them in a 4-2-3-1, and you see them in sometimes something sort of resembling a 4-3-3, and you've even seen them some in a 4-4-2. One of the reasons I think America fans have been so excited about Benedetti is they need a player like him, you know. The attack for America has been really thin for as big of a club, as important of a club as America is. They haven't had players that are that are making things happen for, for a while. So I think when you look at a guy like Benedetti who can, can create, who can uh, you know link well with teammates and especially can provide that link between a really strong defensive midfield that America has. You know, you look at Guido Rodriguez, who's now gone on to, to Spain, but, uh, you know, some of the players like that, Edson Alvarez, before he left, the, those those midfield pieces at the, at, the, at the base of the midfield were always there. And you had pretty talented wingers and the forward, meh, you know, sometimes great, sometimes not so good. But you never really had that piece in the middle. Giovanni Dos Santos in some ways can be that piece, but sometimes he's played on the wing. Sometimes he's played as a forward. And other than that, you know, he's also had his injury issues. So I think that he's a player that, that America sort of needs to succeed for their current structure to work. Um, they've tried him on the wing as well. I, I think, you know, from my perspective, he's a, he's a guy who really should be sort of that, that, you know, modern 10, I guess, a modern playmaker. He doesn't need to just be pegged in that in that spot and just making things happen as the ball comes to him and he just pulls off a pass. But you can definitely see his playmaking ability, his ability to bring uh, players in, and I think that's where he could excel. So when you look at America, how it's currently set up, how Miguel Herrera wants the team to play now, he's a player who, if he's healthy, I, I don't think he's guaranteed a starting spot because there are you know, other talented players in front of him. But at the same time, if he could take that next step, if he comes back strong from injury, he's a player where I think the door is open for him to become a starter in this current system because they really could use a player who who ticks the boxes that he ticks. Yeah, for me, um, what caught my eye is obviously he's a player who can see a pass, is He's got a bit of a pause, a bit of a pulse about him, can, mm-hmm. you know, that typical South American playmaker attributes. But he's also fairly dynamic as well. He's not uh, kind of a... Juan Fernando Quintero laid back playing the passes. He he likes to drive a little bit with the ball. Um, he can come in from wide positions and, and bring the ball with him. Um, so I think he's caught a lot of attention and been quite hyped in Colombia because, again, has those traditional number 10 characteristics, but there's also a bit of a drive, drive about him, a bit of a dynamism, um, likes to, to bring the ball forward and, and has posed a goal threat. Hmm. Uh, made his Colombia debut uh, last year as well and is someone who has been you know yeah as I say hyped and there was talk of Europe and he's gone to Mexico do you worry that perhaps if he does get into good form and, and does start fulfilling some of that potential he may never leave Mexico obviously we've seen plenty of Colombian players who do that and it's a great place to play football, of course, and the money's great. But um, some of the players that Colombian football has been most excited about have gone to Mexico and, and never quite moved on. 
do you see that as something that could happen for Benedetti if he gets to his best form? And is that an issue more broadly with Mexican football? That's certainly an issue with Mexican football. You know, the, the economic power that Mexican the Mexican league has, you know, that's why we're having this conversation. That's why I think you're going to have other guests talking about players in Mexico, right? You're seeing some of that shift north, but there's, you could just say North America with MLS and, and Liga Mekis. There's a reason that these Colombian players and more broadly South American players are, are coming here and playing here and staying a long time. You know, they can make good money. They can live good lives. And, you know, maybe the ambition is there, but the Mexican clubs, the way they're set up, you know, they're very reluctant to, to sell. America has in some ways been a bit of an exception lately. You know, I mentioned guys like Edson Alvarez, Diego Lainez, a very young winger who went to Spain as a teenager, Guido Rodriguez. You know, that, that's positive, I think, for a player who has European aspirations. And, and you could very easily see, you know, a path for a guy like Benedetti or some other players as well. You know, if Federico Vinas, the Uruguayan forward, um, you know, one or two of the other players who they have from, from South America as using America as sort of a launching pad, right? Um, you know, that, that, that path is still there for a club like America. But yeah, it, it's entirely possible that that he becomes a key piece. America says we're not going to let you leave for the next two, three seasons. By that time, I think he's about to turn twenty-three, maybe this month or next month. It won't be playing again until you know later on when he's twenty-three, probably twenty-four. If the Olympics happen, you know, if 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 around that timing, you know, when the, when those players are scouted, is he starting to be a little too old for Europe? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's sort of the another question, right? So it's it's definitely possible. I don't think there's any reason he couldn't go to Europe, but you do you do wonder when players are in Mexico and especially when they come to Mexico show promise but don't just explode, right? You know, it's not like he lit the league on fire. It's not like he became a regular starter with America. It's it's you know, he's still kind of in the system kind of uh simmering, I guess. And not boiling over. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a thing. One thing real quick on his attributes. You know, you mentioned, I think, really wisely kind of uh, the way he can drive a players. What I've been really impressed by that, that maybe flies under the radar if you just watch a highlight package or something is his change of pace. I think that acceleration and speed obviously is one thing that we value, but can you do it and stop and do it again? You know, that can be so disorienting for defenders. And I think that's one thing he does really well. He's coming at you full speed, then all of a sudden he's not. And then all of a sudden he's past you. Uh, That change of pace to me is what makes him uh, maybe a little better than similar players that you could compare him to, or at least gives me the, the idea that that promise could be there again it's it's all contingent on how he returns from this injury you know a little bit of time now to focus to recover maybe to work extra with america's training staff now that we're not having games and, and that sort of thing but it's always a concern right when you have that serious of an injury you never know how he's going to come back but if he comes back and plays like he was playing before the injury i think the the roadmap to europe or i guess the uh the ocean map to europe is is still is still laid out for him if he wants it to be yeah, obviously the concern is, as you mentioned, becoming a 22, 23-year-old, um, it does somewhat limit his options. Obviously, if he's one of the best players in Mexico, then there's always going to be offers. But as you've mentioned, he's not on that level yet. Um, I do think the ability is there and the, the 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 potential is there. In terms of playing within different systems, um, what do you think, for example, Colombia, the Colombian national team at the moment are playing a, a 4-3-3 with kind of a, a focal point number nine, potentially Duvan Zapata, and then two just behind. At times, it's been Roger Martinez. 
but kind of a second, a pair of second strikers who press heavily from the front. Do you think his skill set would be suited to playing in one of those front three positions, or does he have the the energy and the work rate to kind of play a little bit deeper in perhaps slightly exposed midfield three? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure how you work him in there. As I mentioned, he's played a little bit on the on the right wing with America, uh, kind of in as as necessary. And he hasn't been bad there, right? But I think, you know, you, you know the Columbia side better than me, but I'm not sure that you want him to be, um, you know, one of those starting attackers. Uh, I think he is a versatile player, though, and I think we see those elements, you know, even when we're talking about the things that he can do. Uh, you know, not a traditional playmaker, more of a modern playmaker, able to sort of come inside, to to, to float, to to partner well with players. You know, in some, he, I guess the question is, do you build the team around him? Which you don't, right? You don't. You don't say he's a good enough player to build the entire national team around. That, that's that's he's not even close to that level yet. But at the same time, um, is he a player who I think you could kind of put into a role where he's it's not his necessarily his forte and play well? I think so. I, I would say I see him more as um, more farther forward in your question. Um, you know, I, I think he's more in that role than withdrawn but you know uh he, he does you know physically he's not uh, you know he it's not a he's not a player who you couldn't see taking on some of the extra responsibility if that makes sense so um you know i, I think you could put him into a number of roles but i, I still see i i see that attacking the creation the, the the partnering as his forte and i think he's probably better off uh up there Roger Martinez, that's a name I, I, man, you know, he's been in the doghouse with America for so long that I, I sort of forgot he was still on this very same team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it's interesting that Martinez is the one that gets the national team minutes at, at the moment. You get why, obviously, but uh, it's the opposite of the club. You know, fans are kind of done with him. The manager's kind of done with him. And then uh, Benedetti and, and Ibarwin as well, the, the, uh, the winger. You know, those are the Colombians that are getting the love and the press and kind of the uh, aspirations of the fans on them at America. It's funny how there seems to be such, obviously, you know, we're, we're not too far away. There's only a few small countries in between like Colombia and Mexico. <laughs> but there does seem to be such a disconnect in terms of some of these players. For example, I was talking to Tom mm. yesterday and uh, I was talking to Tom about Jairo Moreno, the attacking midfielder. And he was talking to me about Jairo Moreno, the fullback. These <laughs> <laughs> players have developed differently or adapted their game to, to play in Mexico and how they're still seen in Colombia. Nobody was putting Jadon Moreno in the list of defenders when he was called up to the Colombian national team, but I've heard he's been doing pretty well over there in Mexico. And that's the beauty of, of international football, right? Is that you could say, well, clearly Nicolas Benedetti is best suited for sort of a playmaker role. You could put him in the middle of a 4-2-3-1. You could, you could, you know, play him in a 4-3-3 with him as kind of the focal, uh, you know, distributor uh, with two, you know, two forwards in front of him. But if you're needing to put him in the national team, maybe you do flex him out a little bit and toss Moreno as fullback. And, and you have to make those decisions and you have to make those adjustments. And to me, you know, this is a, a topic beyond what we're talking about. For me, that's why I'm still country of a club. I still enjoy that international game so much because of the challenges it presents. And the fact that you say, well, I have this guy. He's talented. He doesn't really fit in my system. How can I fit this square peg into a round hole? And, and that's why for me, it's still, you know, thrilling and exciting to watch the international game rather than the club game where sure you still have to make those modifications but you also have the luxury of you know if a club like america wants a forward to go out and buy one right it's it's not 
it's not as as much of a solving a puzzle or 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 figuring out how to overcome a challenge. It's more uh, this is how it's going to work because we have the economic might. But but anyway, like I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm taking us a little off topic. <laughs> no worries. And again, I think uh, you know while I've said I think Colombia in the last year have played high pressing system focused on energy focused on on pressing they've got James Rodriguez and Juan Fernando Quintero to come back in so you know that mm-hmm. that kind of throws the whole plan outside the wind out the window and then perhaps you can see Benedetti as a backup for those two um you know in a more similar role as as a as a playmaker as a passer as a creator um, mm-hmm. because you know you could probably leave one of James or Quintero out but uh, I think the Colombian public would go mad if you just dropped both of them and stuck with uh, Roger Martinez, with all due respect to Roger. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. No, and I mean, I think it's the same with Benedetti, right? Until he proves that he has the kind of ceiling of those players, you know, a James or a Quintero, you know, he's not going to be a starter, right? He's not He's not going to be a player that you're you're demanding get into the, the 11, that he's going to win all the, the polls for the newspaper puts on of who needs to be, you know, starting, where, where did Kieros go wrong, whatever. You know, those, those are not the, the, the altitudes we're talking about right now. But we are talking about a guy who's only 23 and, and has shown good, good promise right so it's going to be fascinating i think to watch his evolution again you know it keeps kind of coming back to the injury if he overcomes that if he comes back strong uh the doors are absolutely open for national team i think you know better than me and and for a move to europe uh, or even on a, on a smaller scale to get into the the starting america team but uh, again i think that's the big question right now that's facing uh, benedetti and, and we'll have to see kind of how he's able to to overcome and you always wish him the best you know it was an unpleasant injury and like i said america fans were were pretty crushed because this is a guy that they're very excited about and that definitely could have played a role uh this year as america you know tries to win uh, multiple different titles multiple trophies and is going to need a deep squad uh, especially now that you, you're hoping football comes back that everyone's safe that everything gets going again and that you know but if it happens it's going to require you know, two matches in a week for for seven weeks and that kind of thing. So obviously he won't be an option, but it would have been nice for the Medica to have him, that's for sure. Yeah, I think um, an elegant playmaker who can pass the ball is something we should cherish as football fans. We should kind of hope that they succeed. Um, because I think, Absolutely. I think it makes the game more attractive for everyone, you know. Um, Colombia is capable of producing some great, powerful, quick, explosive players, but... Uh, there's always been a special place in the Colombian game for for someone who put their foot on the ball and, and ping a pass or slip a through ball or do something that kind of gets everyone off their feet uh, with the ball at their feet. So, yeah, I think we can all hope that uh, that uh, Benedetti comes good. And obviously, at the moment, in terms of his Colombia prospects, there's plenty of Deportivo Cali fans who are pushing his name forward, but perhaps not much else elsewhere in the in the country. So. Yeah, it would definitely be a player to keep an eye on um, and hopefully he does continue to mature and, and nail down a first-team place and uh, and become the player that many people hope he can can become. I think not only do you have to appreciate a, a playmaker, but you know in, the, in today's game, the playmaker needs to be a little different. I think he has those elements and has the possibility to become, I guess, like I said, like, you know, a modern playmaker, right? He's not the traditional 10. He's not going to not move. He's not going to not partner um you know come come over to the wing if needed to push up you know he he's a he's a player who was willing to do work and i think that's something that you can easily say 
maybe wrongly, but you can sort of label some of the tens of the past as as that being their debility, right? Uh, well, they weren't going to actually put in a shift on defense. They weren't going to actually, you know, do anything that wasn't going to directly lead to a goal or allow them to score or draw the, you know, critical free kick. Uh, this is a guy who's going to do a little more than that. That's why for me, he's sort of a modern uh, version of that. And I think we definitely have to support that because uh, it's it's a role that could go away. And, you know, we're, we're talking about trying to fit him into teams and, and yeah, it's not always easy. So hopefully he does uh, recover. You, know, you want everyone to come back strong from injury, but uh, it's it's never fun to see a player with such promise go down like that. So hopefully he gets back, and and hopefully we're talking about him here two three years as you know a, a player who's established himself. I think you're right. Um, I've certainly seen him for Deportivo Cali breaking beyond the forward and providing a goal threat. I've noticed he hasn't, and he scored a couple of goals here and there, but it hasn't really. Uh, got the numbers in terms of his attacking play just in closing one or two things I'm sure he's listening uh, Nicholas probably taking <laughs> note of what we think he should be doing but anything you think that he could perhaps work on to get himself to that next level and make himself kind of a an, an important piece of this uh, America team yeah I think the first thing is is you know getting getting fit getting healthy staying on the field I mean you know he, he started to show promise had a, had a setback and now has had an even bigger setback I think another thing is is yeah i mean it's it's close control is good like i said his acceleration and 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 pace can be good i think his vision is pretty strong but at the same time i i still would say you know there there's room to work on that i'd say you know a, a making sure the passes are the right one is is something that that's necessary i guess I'm trying to think how to put it. Vision is harsh because I think his vision is pretty strong, but decision making. There we go. Uh, when to when to to do the things that he wants to do, I think is important. When to go on the run, when not to, when to pass, when not to. I think decision making is something that that maybe still needs to come right. So so that and I, and I would say you know continuing to put in the effort right to to be a player who can become versatile who you say ah oh, there's no doubt he could fill this role or this role or this role because I think that's something that he needs to continue to flex if he's going to get on the field and if he becomes you know a starting winger for America then then fine you know that that's not a problem right so I guess that that's a that's something where I would say you know he can he can fine tone those other aspects of his game other elements and then become a player who you know for for club or country could be plugged in anywhere I don't think he's at that point right now and if he gets there then then he's going to be on the field for you know years to come yeah I think um as well you could probably say confidence and feeling comfortable within the team hmm. um, with the Deportivo Cali by the final year of his time there he was he was the main man he could he could take the risks he wanted to take he could go on his own he could play the passes he'd won the confidence of everybody to to take those risks and feel comfortable doing so. So obviously uh, moving to a big club like America, trying to establish himself with a lot of competition, you think perhaps as time goes by, as he settles into the system, perhaps he'll feel uh, more comfortable to to take some risks and potentially uh, make the right choices in a, in a system where he feels like he knows where he is and what's happening around him. So yeah, hopefully that comes with time. Um, but you know, I definitely think he has the ability to see those passes and make those passes. But you say perhaps um, at the moment he's he's not making the right choice. Perhaps to do somewhat with the pressure involved in in playing with a huge club in a huge stadium. Uh, but we'll see. I think definitely the attributes are there, um, and he's a player I enjoy watching. So fingers crossed things come together. 
John, I want to say thank you very much for joining us uh, to talk about Benedetti and give a bit of insight into Mexican football. Where can people find you, get your updates on CONCACAF and, and find out what's happening up up north? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Arnold, John. You spell out the word comma and John has no H in it. Arnold, C-O-M-M-A-J-O-N. And I've started a newsletter called Getting CONCACAF. It's a, it's a bit of a, a wink at a phrase that we use here in, in the CONCACAF region. Get, you know, they got CONCACAF uh, often means that a referee has made a terrible decision that, 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 that lost them the game or, or that uh, a team has used time-wasting or bunkering tactics to kind of get away with, with uh, a draw or whatever in World Cup qualifying. Anyway, if you get the joke, you want to be subscribed to my newsletter. It comes out twice a week. Reported features, columns, everything that, that you could want about the CONCACAF region. Uh, you can find the link on my Twitter or it's at getconcacapped.substack.com. It's helpful if people sign up to the newsletter because then it goes in your inbox and you read it and that helps me. So um, that's how it works. So yeah, um, that's where you can find me. That's the best place right now. Um, and yeah, like I just talked to a Costa Rican guy who left Nicaragua because they're playing on during the coronavirus crisis. Um, did an interview with him talking about what went into that decision, the fear a lot of players have playing through this uh, looked back on Mexico Gonzalez, the, the El Salvador legend, um, and also like spotlit a, a clothing company here in the in the Concaf region in LA that has like El Salvador, Guatemala, uh, Mexico inspired uh, clothing. They've started a fashion line with that, so a little bit of everything. Hopefully, something you can enjoy in there. So definitely check it out and, and uh, toss your email in there. Yeah, no, excellent. Sounds really good, um, John. One of my favorite teams in the Concaf region is Parijas One. I discovered their ridiculous logo, and I'm a big fan. Honduras side. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting team, uh, named after. That's the they got the big old car on it. Yeah, yeah the yellow and green car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was looking in some of the background. So, so I, so actually, one of the ideas I have that I haven't executed yet, but I need to, is top ten Concacaf logos. So that that'll almost certainly make it in. I don't know if they're going to crack the top five, man. We'll have to see. We'll have to see once I once I really get down and down and dirty do the research. <laughs> Strong competition, but yeah, Jesus Christ, they're an interesting one. But yeah, plenty of plenty of characters in Concacaf, uh, and that goes from the players to the managers to even some of the the club branding is definitely interesting. So yeah, definitely check all that out. Um, John's excellent, and uh, some really good content over there. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we'll talk about another player next time.